We thank God today that we worship the living God who speaks to us through his word, the Bible, and we're going to read from God's word just now, and it's Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. And we're reading from verse 36 to 50, and this is the inspired word of God. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, She began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You give me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You give me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord, and we thank him for it. I want to um, begin by giving you a little eye test. I'm not sure when you had your eyes checked last, but it's good to test our vision. You'll see words on the screen here. I want you just to count the number of Fs 
And if you've seen it before, don't say anything, don't shout out the answer. Um, just look at it, count the number of Fs, that's all I want. Okay, thank you. So, uh, did anybody think there are only two Fs there? No? Anybody think there are three Fs up there? Okay, three Fs. Anybody think four Fs? Four Fs. Anybody think five Fs? Anybody think six Fs? Anybody think seven Fs? Okay, one more try. <laughs> it's not really a trick question. Just see how many Fs. Look close. See if we can be all in the same M sheet. Okay, thank you. So, last time now, anybody say yes, definitely, three Fs, without a shadow of a doubt. Anybody say definitely, four Fs. <laughs> Five. Anybody, six. Seven. Still seven, you're holding out. And the answer is, uh, we'll put it up. Six Fs. It's a little offs. We forget the off. We always forget about those ones in the middle there. You may have seen that before, but it's always good to remind ourselves sometimes the thing can be right in front of us and we don't see it. <laughs> somebody, somebody needs to point it out to us sometimes. We can be, in a sense, blind. It was there all the time. How did we not see it? Sometimes our first impressions are not always correct. And today, as we look at this passage in Luke chapter 7, there's a man, Simon, and his first impressions of this woman who came to anoint Jesus' feet was not correct at all. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. That would be a good way to summarize this sermon here we find Jesus at the table. We all have to eat, don't we? And it's nice to eat with people. And Jesus is an invited guest. He's invited to a man called Simon. Simon's house. Simon the Pharisee. Pharisee means separated one. A religious man, a holy man. Simon invites Jesus to his house. Jesus often met with different people and he often met with Pharisees in the Gospels. Maybe Simon was curious about Jesus and sometimes you can hear about someone but it's not until you spend a bit of time with them, get to know them a bit more that you see who they really are. We're told that Jesus is reclining at the table. So we go home, we sit down at our seats at the table, some maybe put their dinner on their knees. There they had a table of some description, probably a low table, and you can imagine leaning on your left-hand side with your body and legs out, away from the table, and then reaching over and taking what you like to eat off the table, as they would do in the first century. But what happens next is described in great detail by Luke, Dr. Luke is turning into the artist 
for us. It's like a, a fine art picture. We get to see these people in the foreground. Three people. There are others at that meal. We hear about them in the very last verse. But there are three individuals in the foreground. And I want to look at them. I want us to see the, the contrite sinner. The contrite sinner. The critical Simon and the compassionate Saviour. The contrite sinner. Luke says, behold, listen up. Don't fall asleep. Listen up. There was a woman in the city who was a sinner. Three times we're told she was a sinner. Luke says she was a sinner. The Pharisee says she's a sinner. And Jesus says her sins are many. Everybody knows she's a sinner. She knows she's a sinner. She's a notorious sinner. What was her sin? We're not told here. Did she work the streets at night? Was that her sin? Simon refers to her as that kind of woman. There's no evidence here at all that this was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene's mentioned in a few verses later in chapter 8. This is not Mary Magdalene. This is someone else. We don't even know her name. But we know she's contrite. She's humble. She hears Jesus is reclining at the table and she wants to be with him. She wants to be in his presence. And so she comes to the house And from the minute Jesus comes in, she's kissing his feet. She's putting on this ointment, this expensive ointment. And you can imagine the fragrance filling the house. We know there's another time Jesus is anointed. That's later on, preparing him for burial. But this comes much earlier. And when you put the four Gospels together in what you call the harmony of the Gospel, where all the stories fit together, often this passage comes after Matthew chapter 11, where it says, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And here is a woman who's weary, heavy laden, and Jesus gives her peace and rest. She comes in humility to Jesus with her expensive gift, this special ointment. We can only imagine the courage that it took for her to go in amongst those men and to perform this act of devotion before Jesus. We notice she doesn't say anything. No name, no words. But her actions speak a thousand words. Luke paints the detail. She stood behind Jesus. He's lying at the table here, reclining. She stood stood behind Jesus at his feet. And she's weeping. It seems to be uncontrollable. She's weeping so much that her tears wet his feet. I don't know the last time when you wept. We don't weep that often. 
but to weep so much that her tears wet his feet. What is going on? Why is she weeping? Is it because she feels the burden of her sin? The burden. Sin can be burdensome, like a great load on your back. Does she feel the shame of her past? Does she feel the guilt? Is that why she's weeping? Or is she weeping because she knows, as Jesus says in verse 34, he's the friend of sinners? She's a sinner. And what she desperately needs is a friend. Maybe other people shun her. But she knows this man's different from other men. Here is a friend of sinners. Because of his love and grace, it causes her to weep. Does she know that her sins, which are many, does she know in faith that his mercy is more? Does she realize how much Jesus cares for her and loves her and that's why she loves him and she wants to show him her love. She begins to dry his feet. She doesn't say, can somebody pass me a towel here? I've made a mess. No. She unwraps her hair and she begins to dry his feet with her hair. She breaks her her flask, pours it over Jesus' feet, and then over and over again, kissing the feet of Jesus. This was extravagant love and devotion. This is a contrite sinner with true humility and true honor for Jesus. Nothing but respect and reverence for Jesus Instead of water, it's her own tears. Instead of a towel, it's her own hair. And instead of kissing him on the cheek, it's kissing his feet. She knows she's so unworthy to be in the presence of this holy man, this prophet, to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus. And so her faith, she believes And her faith is expressed in love, in gratitude, and devotion. Love, gratitude, and devotion. What about an eye test? Do you see yourself in this woman, a contrite sinner? As we lift the mirror of God's word up, Today, we gather in the presence of Jesus where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name. There he is in the midst by his Holy Spirit. It's no mistake that you're at this service. The Holy Spirit has led you here to hear this message. This is God's holy word to you. And as you would meet in the presence of Jesus, you feel the weight of your sin? 
Our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Do you come in faith today? Why are you at church? Is it because of mere tradition? Or is it because you believe? I believe in Jesus as my Lord. I'm coming to worship him on the Lord's day. I want to show him love by singing him praise. I'm so thankful. There's gratitude in my heart. And I'm devoted to him. I want to hear what Jesus has to say to me today. Do you see yourself in this woman? Or do the actions of this woman convict you? My eyes are dry. There's a a songwriter, um, Melody Green, wrote the hymn, There's a Redeemer. Her husband, Keith Green, um, he was killed in a in a, a plane accident. But he wrote a song, My eyes are dry, my prayers are cold. Um, that can be often the case for Christians. You know, weeping over sin. And our prayers at times can be cold. Our devotion, even our worship can be superficial. Keeping Jesus at a distance. But we can learn from this woman to come to Jesus. This is where we meet with Jesus, with his people. Come as you are to Jesus. And if you're not a Christian today, come in faith to him. And the good news is for us all. Jesus says, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I'll not turn you away. Come. And this is for us all. Believers, we should never be tired of hearing the gospel. Every week, tell me the gospel, the old, old story. Keep telling me the good news. I need to hear it. I need to be renewed in the gospel. Renewed in the gospel. Sundays and each day. To be reminded of my sin. And to be reminded of his mercy and grace. The actions of this woman does not go unnoticed by the host, Simon the Pharisee. He's been watching this woman. And he's appalled. He's disgusted. He's not impressed. Simon the host shows disdain for this woman and he dismisses Jesus. Here is a critical Simon. And apologies if you're called Simon today. But here's a a man with a, a critical spirit. You ever met somebody like that? Maybe yourself. Grumbling, complaining, looking at people, looking down on them. Here's this uninvited woman. She's no reservation to be there. She's no invitation to be there. Shows up. This notorious sinner, and she's touching Jesus. And what worse is, if Jesus was really a man of God, he wouldn't let that woman anywhere near him. This woman and Simon were poles apart socially and morally, and that's the way Simon liked it. That's the way Simon wanted to keep it. 
Maybe Simon had an ulterior motive inviting Jesus. Maybe this was his plan to test him. He was curious about Jesus and this was his little test set up for Jesus. As you know, like when you go for a job interview, the person doesn't have to take you on. As they listen to you, watch your actions, they might say, not for me. Jesus has failed the job interview in Simon's eyes. He has been found wanting in Simon's eyes. Jesus has failed, according to Simon. And he's failed because he's treating this woman as if her past doesn't matter. Jesus is treating this woman as if her sin and the bond that binds her to her sin can be broken. Simon doesn't live like that. And he doesn't like Jesus treating this woman with mercy and grace. Simon has got a critical spirit. It's enveloped in pride. And Simon has no love for Jesus, no commitment to Jesus, no gratitude to Jesus. He's no devotion to Jesus. And while the woman's actions speak a thousand words, Simon's inactions speak a thousand words. Simon never gave Jesus water to wash his feet. Simon never kissed Jesus. Simon didn't give him oil for his head. Simon is treating Jesus as if he's nobody special. Simon is treating Jesus as if as if Jesus owes him something. But the woman, on the other hand, she is giving Jesus the preeminence, the honor and the reverence that he deserves. Yes, this woman had sins of commission, but Simon had sins of omission. Simon thinks he doesn't need Jesus. He doesn't need his help. He doesn't need his forgiveness. Simon thinks he's pretty good. Simon thinks he's better than this woman. And Simon thinks he's better than Jesus. Simon wouldn't have let that woman anywhere near. But Jesus is letting this woman, this sinner, touch him. Simon can admit that she is a sinner. But he can't admit he is a sinner. He has no faith in Jesus. And that's why he doesn't show love, gratitude, or devotion. That's why he doesn't receive forgiveness. They lift the mirror of God's word. Let's test our vision. Can you see yourself as a critical Simon? Which are you more like? A contrite sinner or a critical Simon? Yes, both of these people wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. They wanted to hear him. What are we doing here today? We want to hear about Jesus. You don't have to be here, but we're all here. 
but we're in two camps. We can leave here as contrite sinners who've received pardon and forgiveness and peace. Or we can leave as critical Simons, full of pride and no peace. No peace with God. Sometimes we can be like Simon and judge others, look down on others. We can refuse to forgive others even when Jesus is willing to forgive. We hold the grudge, hold on to it tight. But Jesus is willing to forgive. Sometimes we, like Simon, think that that bond between a sinner and their sin can't be broken. Their past can't be cleared. And when we compare ourselves to others, we're pretty good. Think about those who live round about you today. How many of them came to church? You know, I might have been the only person on my road went to church today. Tick. I'm pretty good. And I'm not like these sinners, this notorious sinner. I'm not as bad as them. You know, Jesus is lucky to have me. It's good that I've taken time to worship him today. And you know, why does Jesus not treat me fairly? I've been so good to him. Why do things not work out the way I expect in regard to relationships or in regards to work or in regards to my health? Sometimes Jesus fails me. That's what we can think. We can think like Simon that Jesus has let us down. Why did he take that person from us? Why did he not give me that opportunity? We think Jesus owes us. And so we lose the joy of the Lord, the joy of salvation, and we end up grumbling and complaining. It takes over. And so we need to learn the lessons from this critical Simon. Take a closer look. Our sins are many. not just our sins. The Bible speaks of our trespasses, our iniquities. It's within us. Even our good deeds are tainted by sin. Our motives for doing good things. The psalmist says in Psalm 139, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Maybe like Simon, we try to keep Jesus at a distance. And maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. You've been coming to church for years. But it's always at a distance. It's always on your terms. You're happy that way. You're in control that way. And Jesus is calling you today to go all in with him. Break the flask. Give total commitment to him because he alone is worthy. And today I point you to that compassionate Savior. Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. That same compassion he showed to the woman. He shows even to Simon. Simon Jesus could have got up and got out of there. 
He says, Simon, do you see this woman? He wants her, him to take a closer look. And he tells Simon a little story. I have something to say to you, Simon. There was a money lender and there was two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, a year's, uh, a denarii was like a day's wage. You can work out what a day's wage times 500. One owed 500 and one owed 50. 10 times as much. Both of them couldn't pay the debt. And the, the lender graciously cancels the debt of both. Now, who will love him the more? Simple story, isn't it? Simon says, I suppose the one who owed him the most, who the bigger debt was cancelled. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. You see, Jesus is teaching about the great debt of our sin and the grace of God willing to cancel the debt that demands our gratitude. And Jesus turns to the woman and he says to Simon, speak to Simon, for, do you see this woman? And that's why I had that thing at the start. He looked, but his first impressions were wrong. Jesus said her sins are many. Yes, that's right. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Jesus knows all about her past. He knows everything about her. And he is able and willing to forgive her sins. How many of her sins are forgiven? Her sins are many. And they're all forgiven. All forgiven. Not because of her tears or even because of her gift. They were forgiven by the grace of God. She had put her trust in him, in Jesus. Her faith has saved her. And he says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Is that what you need to hear? I've been killing Mars nearly seven years. I've done 70 funerals in near seven years. And you need to be reassured. When your time comes, it's all, the account has been settled. There's a hymn that says, the old account was settled long ago. <laughs> I'm forgiven. So no matter when my time comes, I'm ready. I've made my peace with God. And sometimes your time will be up and you don't know when and I don't know when. And that's why it's so important. There's an urgency about what we're doing today. Have you heard those words? Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The other guests there are amazed. Who can forgive sin only God? And Jesus, the Son of God, the compassionate Savior, is willing and able to forgive your sins even this day. Are there sins that you're still carrying about? Burdens that you've been carrying for a long time? You need peace. You don't have to keep carrying them. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. 
We need to put our faith in Jesus, forsaking all I trust him. Faith. Forsaking all I trust him. I'm putting it all on the line for Jesus. Both people met with Jesus that day, were in his presence, but only one left, commended, forgiven, and with peace. How will you leave today? Will you go out with joy to know my sins are forgiven? Come to this compassionate Savior today. I've been learning to swim. I've been learning to swim for years. I often go to the beginner's class and then maybe the improvers. Sometimes when you go to those classes, people are scared even to put their face in the water. I have no problem with that. I'm great at those first few lessons. And people, wow, you can swim that bit. But my downfall is the deep end. I hate not being able to feel the bottom. Just what happens? And I had an experience when I was younger, nearly drowning, and maybe that's what it goes back to, I don't know. But here's another way of the same little story for you. You could be drowning in 50 feet of water, or you could be drowning in 500 feet of water. You're still drowning. Both of these people couldn't save themselves. They needed a rescuer, someone to save them, someone to forgive them. They needed Jesus. Without Jesus, you will die in your sins. You need Jesus. Will you open your eyes and see he's there for you even today to come as you are? How did this woman know she was forgiven? It's the same way you know you're forgiven. You know, a lot of people lack that assurance. Did Jesus really forgive me? The woman knew she was forgiven because Jesus told her. It's the word of Christ that makes the difference. Are you standing on his promise today? His word. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you are, have you responded with love and gratitude and devotion? This is the Lord's day. It's a day set aside for him. Are you showing your love to him today? By singing his praise, not just on Sundays, but each day. Lord, I love you. Each day being reminded of his mercy in your life. Each day seeking him, being devoted to him to hear his word, to read his word each day to speak to him. And are you reaching out to others? There are many in Balamina, they know nothing of this. I was hesitant about coming to this area. I thought the Balamina, it's the Bible Belt. I need to go west, I need to go south. And one minister reminded me, folk there need the gospel just like anywhere else. It could be right there in front of them. So many churches preaching God's word, they don't see it. Maybe God could use you to point them in the right direction, to point to one who is mighty to save. The vilest 
offender who truly believes a moment with Jesus, a pardon receives. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this contrite sinner. Lord, we don't even know her name, but we thank you that many of us one day in heaven will meet this lady. Thank you, Lord, that you changed her life, that she went away in peace. Lord, we confess that often we can be like the critical Simon. Lord, leaning on our own efforts. Lord, help us to walk in faith, to lean totally on you in regards to everything in our lives, our work, our family life, our church life. Lord, we leave it in your care and keeping. Lord, help us to be devoted to you. And Lord, help us to be thankful. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, there is prayer afterwards. If anybody says, I need to get this sorted, even today, do come and pray at the end.